race fans, Ryan Aho here, the one and only Bert Lehman in the house, and Coach Krause back with us again for another week of the One to Go show. Guys, episode number 203, but let's start with this. I've been watching a little Pat McAfee, right, on YouTube, and <laughs> he starts out with a disclaimer every time because kind of getting a little habit, sounds like we're hurting some feelings a little bit, so... The following program is a collection of us dumbasses talking about the happenings in the racing world. All right. It's meant to be comedic and informative. The opinions expressed on this show don't always represent the opinions of our sponsors. We may hurt some feelings, probably going to have a few cuss words. So if you're too soft or too fragile, you might want to turn this off right now. And if you're uh, if you're young, probably gonna want to seek uh, parental permission to watch this show. So there it is. We're gonna we're gonna have that moving forward because there is some hurt feelings. And like I said, if you get hurt feelings, this show ain't for you. This ain't for you. So little shout out here: Impact Health Sharing. If you are in the market, right? If you're buying your own healthcare, if you own a business, self-employed, you drive truck, you're a farmer, whatever it may be. If you have to pay for your own health insurance and you're looking at the bottom line every month and you're like, holy crap, this is ridiculous. I am literally way overpaying for something I never use. If I do use it, I can't go to the doctor that I want to go to. Hit me up, 218-969-1380. Might have a solution for you. It's called Impact Health Sharing. It's been a great product. Been able to save people a lot of money. Have had really good results with it. So hit me up. I'll get you some info. Breaking news, breaking news, gentlemen, in the Wissota racing world. Of course, we had the meetings this weekend. We had the banquet, but executive director Ron Lindquist, after two years as an interim executive director for Wissota, has made the decision to step down, and uh, he has officially vacated that position, um, citing health issues, which I... I've seen him. He don't move very quick. I think he definitely has some stuff going on with his back. So best wishes to Rod. You know, hopefully he gets his his health in order. And you know, uh, I was kind of surprised to see that. Uh, Kraus, was there any inkling at the meetings or anything that that was going to happen? <clears throat> that that was going to be the announcement? Literally, the two days after the meetings were done. No, absolutely nothing. Nothing that I had heard. <laughs> seen talked to talked to many promoters talked to tech committees talked to pretty much everybody over there board members rob palmer nothing um like you said he stated in his uh, resi resignation letter that it was basically a health issue he's had two back surgeries in the last few months um and he was moving very slow even at the at the at the, at the meetings too so um it basically said hey if i'm not uh, 100 physically i can't do this to my fullest um and and i truly believe that's the deal so um, yeah, you know, it was a tough deal, a tough timing. And I, I think the timing was right because he finished out. It's kind of the year end. You know, the banquet's over. The meetings are over. He finished out his term. Hey, let's get someone going in here right away and do this right away. So, yeah, I had no idea what it was going to go down. But obviously I, it did. And like I said, he, he, he just said he can't do it to the fullest due to his health issues. Let's get somebody else in there. You know, and I got to be honest, I actually kind of like Rod. I, I did. I give him a little shit every once in a while, but not as much as we give some of the other Wissota people shit. Um, I think he had really good intentions. I really do. And and I said this from the beginning. I said this when Carson was there. I said this when Rod first started. I don't believe 
that anybody can jump into that position of executive director and actually succeed under its current capacity of how it's structured. So where I'm going with that, Rod's vision was he wanted to grow the organization. He wanted to get sponsors. He wanted to make it bigger. <clears throat> he's a business guy. He's dealt with, he's done business deals, right? So for the next person that comes in, I hope they have a sit-down conversation because, guys, sales training 101, right? If you're trying to, if you're in sales, the first thing they teach you is you got to have a positive mindset, a positive state of mind to go out there and, and do do business. Well, if he, if you're the guy hired to go get sponsors, right? Work with prospective sponsors and work with current sponsors, guys. That's all you should be doing. You should not be fielding calls about drama at this track and a teching issue here, and this call was bad, and these these promoters ain't working together, and this driver's getting unsportsmanlike contact, and these these clowns are having a podcast and picking on us, and they, that shouldn't be his problem. Whoever's in that position, guys, in my opinion, should be simply put in there. You go work with potential sponsors. You work with our existing sponsors. Maybe work with the social media team to make sure they're getting the recognition of the things. Maybe work with a couple events. But eliminate all the drama from that person's position, and I think you're going to see more success. So, um, Rod, best wishes to you. Um, any inkling there, Kraus? on who might be taking that position. Is there any word on that or is it all speculation right now? Absolutely nothing. I haven't heard anything. I know they made a press release about a um, couple board members fielding calls. Uh, sounds like Danny Neese and Mike Jordach are just going to kind of head it up and get the ball rolling here a little bit and, and get going with some things. Obviously, they're two business guys. They're going to do great. And I know they talked about that at the at the meetings that, they, you know, they want to expand and they want to help. And they were kind of going to a committee anyway. They wanted to get a little sponsorship committee going to help Rod or help whoever the executive director to be just to relieve some pressure. And and that's a lot. There's a lot on the plate there with Rod. But, you know, they, you know, they talked about what you talked about. Um, you know, Rod, he shouldn't have to worry about a Midwest mod being DQ'd at Viking Speedway on a Saturday night or not. He doesn't need to worry about that. Let let somebody else handle that too. So, um, no, as of right now, nothing. I'm sure they're fielding applicants and stuff like that. And, and hopefully, um, like I said, Denny and Mike will do a great job there and uh, find somebody and step in and get that ball rolling again. So there was a vacated position on the board. Of course, they removed Dennis McCauley from, from office. And interesting enough, he was at the annual meeting, or at least day one of it, and a little bit of fireworks there, not really seeing eye to eye with some of them past, uh, past board members. So there was a little conflict, and let's just say that he opted not to come on day two because it might have been a little bit ugly. But Tom Wegman took that position. Now, I, I really like the Wegman family. They used to sponsor me when I ran in the Super Stocks. Of course, they have the Ogilvy Raceway that's been very successful in recent years. Now they took on another track, though, right? So the the, the Wagamans not only run Ogilvy with a very aggressive schedule, right? They got a ton of shows. They also took on Princeton. He also runs a business. Bert, on the outside looking in, right? 10,000-mile view from from above. If, in your mind, is it even possible for somebody that has that much on their plate to really truly take an active role as a Wasota board member. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little. 
I mean, no. I, I see, I see where you're coming from, but I mean, there's, there are people out there who are involved in a lot of things and they can handle all the things. It, it, it all depends how, how organized he is. And, um, and that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, I think it's possible to, to do that. I mean, you know, the big businessmen, they, they have lots of, they have lots of balls up in the air that, that they're juggling and, uh, getting work done. Yeah. I think that's a good point. You know, my girlfriend and I polar opposites to that. Like I'm, I'm one dimensional. I'm OCD. If I have a project I'm working on that, I'm all in on that. My girlfriend, on the other hand, if she doesn't have 872 things going on, she can't function. She's like totally the opposite. <clears throat> Hopefully Tom Wagaman is that guy. I think down to earth, a very down to earth family, been around racing a long time. So welcome to the Wasota board, uh, Tom Wagaman. So, we had a representative there. This is kind of a one of those deals. So, so Coach Krause was there, of course, the promoter at the Viking Speedway. He was at the annual meetings. Part of me is like, man, that is outstanding. Krause, I am glad you were there. You were behind the scenes. You got some info. You got to kind of see it. Part of me is going, shit, right? I, I wish you weren't there because, you know, I, I had all kinds of people texting me about all kinds of craziness going on and things that were said, done, and whatever, and everybody in their mind is going to be like, well, yeah, that all came from Kraus. He was there. Well, let's just say that that's not the case, right? So uh, let's get into uh, updates from the annual meeting, but first a little shout-out, Daytona 1 Performance Lubricants, a group of people very passionate about helping the racing community save money, um, all kinds of lubricant products. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out online. Um, they also have a product out there that is tire treatment, right? They have a cleaner. They have treatments that can make your tires last longer. Tires, again, a big topic at the Wasota annual meetings. And one thing that we know is good tires gives you good performance. Well, we don't want to run tires one night, two nights, and throw them away. They have a product that allows you to run them longer, proven in the Gen X late model series they have to run used tires if you want more information on these products give chad a call his number 507-828-3536 that's daytona one performance lubricants so Krause, i'm gonna let you kind of roll off the top i got i do have a bunch of notes written down do you want to just kind of roll with your thoughts your first time attending the annual meetings in st cloud for wasota why don't you share your thoughts, what you saw, what you felt, and then I do have some updates here that will talk about some rules and whatnot, but just give us kind of your, your overall thoughts of how things went down. Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the first thing, I was I was actually pretty excited, you know, my first time being there. Um, obviously, now with the um, some changes going on at Viking Speedway, if, um, you know, we had our you know, Justin Nealon had stepped down um, from some things and, and I uh, got away and you know, all of a sudden uh, I'm technically the promoter on the contract for a Viking Speedway. So uh, the first thing first, I got to meet a bunch of promoters. I think that was the big thing. You know, I got to, you know, I got to talk with Don Sean, Nate Fisher and, um, and Jason Berg from Buffalo River Speedway. And now they're looking to add a, so maybe add some Wasota stuff um, and work, you know, get a head start on scheduling. You know, that was the big thing that I, you know, went there to meet some stuff and, and meet some people and get some going on scheduling. And then just to see how all the process works. Um, obviously, I know, I know all the board members. I know all the staff. I mean, I've been, I've been racing for 27 years and been around it for a long time. So um, just to see the process and how things work and, uh, you know, going through the administrative changes, 
Um, and then, you know, going through the rules meeting and stuff like that. So um, super, super interesting to see. Um, you got 30 promoters sitting in that room, Ryan. And um, it's basically can be 30 different opinions on a lot of things. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, restructuring the point system. I know you'll bring up some of those points too. Um, you know, we talked about um, just some minor stuff, you know, not, not scan, you know, it, it passed. You, you only have to, t you only have to scale the top three now after heat races to help speed the program up at some places, you know, little stuff like that makes sense. You know what I mean? Doing some stuff where some tracks, they have to go across the infield. You got to go across the track, you know, just little things like that to help speed programs up at some places, which is, you know, it was a big topic of length of programs. You know, they, you know, fans don't want to sit there for four or five, six hours. We've got to get these programs going. So just learning different stuff from different promoters and hearing what they do and, you know, Hey, this works for us. This doesn't work for them. Every track's different. You know, what works at, Grand Forks is not going may not work at Viking Speedway and vice versa, but it, it's good to um, good to uh, good to see all that stuff. And you know, as far as the rules go, um, it's it, that's tough sled, man. Um, you know, you got a tech committee, you got the board, um, and it's the Wasota Promoters Association. Who technically, Wasota is owned by the promoters. So all of a sudden, you get a rule in there, and the tech committee likes it, and the promoters vote it down. You're sitting there going, "Well, wait a minute here. If the tech committee likes it." Why don't the promoters like it? So there's a lot of stuff like that going on. Um, but like I said, I, I think I think the majority of the, I think there are some promoters in there that, um, you know, care about the drivers. I think that's the number one issue going on right now. Um, we need to take care of our drivers. The costs are through the roof, absolutely through the roof with everything. Tire costs, fuel costs. We need to eliminate, eliminate extra costs to drivers. Because, Ryan, you don't have drivers. Guess what you don't have? You don't have fans. And they start going away. Racetracks are going to start going away. And I try to explain this to a lot of people. We need to worry about the costs. And, you know, first thing Denny Nee said is inflation is through the roof right now. Okay. What, what, what's Wasota going to do about that? You know, what are we going to do to help with, with inflation and things like that? So um, I thought there was some rules that should have passed that didn't. Um, because at the end of the day, it's going to be cost of saving and it saves the drivers money. Um, and there's not a lot of promoters sitting in there. I'm not a high dollar race team, Brian, you know, my program, you know how I operate. Um, I used to run 40, 50 shows a year. I can't do that anymore. Costs are too high. And yes, I do have other stuff going on. I said it at the meeting. I coach my daughter's softball team in the summer and I got other things to do too. So, um, but overall, you know, for me, I thought it was a great experience. I really learned, um, you know, you know, who, what the promoters do and who runs it and, the board and Rod, I, I they they got a tough job. They really, really, really do, and that that's just my personal opinion. Um, I, I think the I think there's some promoters there that you know you show up once a year and you start bossing people around. Well, there's a reason why we put a board into place. There's a reason why we have employees to take care of that kind of stuff. So, um, but from my like I said, from my standpoint, um, I thought it was a great experience for me for being there. And you know, I I'm going to say I do bring some experience to the table as a driver, and I've been promoting for four or five years now. So I know you're going to get into the rules and some of the administrative stuff, but that's just kind of my uh, my overall take of, of what went down for the soda meetings. The first thing, the first big thing, administrative wise, was the process for the rules has for years. It's been the they bring it to the table, they have the agenda. The promoters themselves vote on, on each individual rule, and it's got to be a two-thirds majority to change a rule. 
Okay. Now, the bigger the group of people, the harder it is to implement any kind of change. So one of the things that I'm honestly, today I'm excited about it. And 10, 15 years ago when I went with the Hibbing Raceway, when they brought it up, I was beside myself pissed. But I would have probably been a good idea there. In 2024, the tech committee will be in charge of making all the rule changes. And that can be good if the right people are on the committee. I don't know all the people that are on the committee. I don't even know how they're chosen for the committee. I'm not sure on that. If the right people are in place on that committee, that can be a that can be a huge deal. Because Jeff, you know as well as I do, you're a promoter at the Viking Speedway. You have your own race car. You got your daughter's softball. You got a job. You got all this stuff going on. You don't have a lot of time to put into that whole thing. Now, with that said, promoters, drivers, you still have a say, right? Because you can you can write down a proposed rule change, whatever it is and why, and if it's a cost deal or safety, get it to your promoter. The promoter can get it to the tech committee. They will discuss it and they will decide if that's something that they want to talk about. Now, so I think that's going to speed things up. And, and I've been to a lot of those meetings, Jeff and, and Bert, and, you know, a lot of times you have people that come to the plate and they have like a really good idea. Like, it's like, man, that that's actually a good idea. That could be good for racing. And then you got half the room, you know, and I'm not saying this year I wasn't there, but I've seen it where half the room wasn't fully paying attention to what you were talking about. They're kind of hearing it for the first time. And sometimes when you hear something for the first time, you're like, ah, we don't need to change this shit. What are we even talking about here? Well, having the committee take this under control, I think is going to be better. I know there's some promoters out there that are a little – upset about it they want to be more part of the process but those same promoters if you look around the room did you really have a say you know i think you might even have more of a say now if you can actually communicate with those people on the tech committee so that's a big deal right there now a few of the rule changes not a lot which for the most part guys probably good right because change a lot of times costs money so we don't want to have a ton of change Late models, um, kind of interesting. Window nets optional in late models, but not in every other class. All right, I, I I'm all for window nets being optional, but wouldn't it be optional in every class, not just late models? I'm not really sure. Maybe they just look at it, and most of the late model guys, bunch of old people, and you know whatever. I mean, if, if they die, they die. I'm not really sure, right? Um, just kidding. I'm kidding. All right, but the fact is. Um, interesting to me, Jeff, that, um, something like a window net, why wouldn't that be across all classes? Was there even discussion, um, for that to be an all class topic or was it just brought up for late models only? What happened there? Well, it's, it started with an all class deal and then they decided to do it class by class. Cause if you do an all class now, all of a sudden you get the pure stocks, the Hornets and them involved. So they wanted to eliminate them Hornets and they went to the five major classes. Um, then we ended up going class by class. Um, and the late models, um, you know, they wanted to basically, they're trying to mirror some Lucas Oil World of Outlaw rules. Um, that's why they went with the composite right side bodies. They have an optional window net too, as long as you have a full containment seat and you're wearing arm restraints. So there's, are, there are some other stipulations with not running window net, 
you have to have those and you have to have the new halo bar. I can't remember what they're calling that. Um, you know, the new driver bar over there is protecting your head and stuff and which all late models have now. Right. Um, so yeah, there was an option and I, you know, I, I made a motion for the modifieds and, and the supers and it got shot down. Um, but then the late models went through. So I, I don't know. It was a tough deal. And the, the only thing I am mother going to say, I, I know we're, uh, we're super hard on Billy. Um, I will say Billy did a great job at the meetings. He was professional. Um, he got a lot of great ideas. I thought he actually wanted more stuff passed um, than the uh, promoters did. So, like I said, hey, we got to give props the other way too, right, Ryan? When uh, somebody does something good and is professional, and um, I thought I thought Billy did a great job at the meeting. So I was there was a lot of promoters puzzled about the about the window net deal. Yeah, Billy did last year. We actually brought that up on the show last year, right after the meetings. Billy did a good job at the meetings as well. Um, when I was at the meetings last year. So in the modifieds, a couple interesting things there. So you, let's talk about the composite bodies. So that's that's basically the plastic. Is it just the right rear quarter panel or right door also, the whole right side? The the late models is just the right side. Um, the modifieds is doors and quarters, both sides. And then the, okay. the super stocks is just the right rear quarter panel. Um, just, I, I didn't know why. Um, I, I can't remember who said it, but they wanted to, we're not, we don't have, Super stocks are only in Wissota. Um, so they didn't want to follow any other USRA or Lucas Oil stuff. You know what I mean? So I get it. I mean, it it is what it is. It's kind of our own kind of deal. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how the composite plastic bodies came about. Yeah, I never ran one. I heard a lot of good things about them. So it's definitely, I mean, I, I see, I've seen you drive, bro. So you probably should get that. I'm probably <laughs> yeah. going to come in handy for you. And the big thing was um, it's a cost It's a cost thing. They're getting, they used to be way more expensive than aluminum now. Well, aluminum's basically tripled in the last few years. Um, so now all of a sudden the costs are getting a lot closer. And it, it actually looks like maybe a modified plastic body is a lot cheaper. So it uh, hopefully it may be a cost efficient thing. We can start saving some money on for some drivers. Perfect, perfect. So, couple interesting things in the modified. So, with Soda looking to maybe blaze the trail in modified racing, um, they're going to do some testing. From what I understand, I think six cars, I believe, um, with tubular. Um, and this came is this a is this a how deal? Is this come from how? Yes, it was how. How was there and presented yeah. their front clip, Chevelle front clip. Yeah, so it's a tubular front clip kind of like a well like a late model's got a tubular front clip so the the front clip is is supposed to match the specs of a you know whatever 68 to 72 chevelle front clip but the chassis builders are all for this because they're buying these aftermarket um, clips that they're using from china and all these places and there's a lot of hours a lot of money a lot of time put into just putting together a front sub for a mod and uh from from the people i talked to this is something that's actually going to be cheaper in the long run. Maybe it'll bring the cost of chassis down a little bit. Who knows? But uh, interesting that there's, there's going to be some tubular front flip modifieds in Wasoda in 2024. Um, another big one in the modifieds. Big rule change right here. Um, aluminum heads, the same heads that they run on the concept engine, are now going to be legal on the spec engine. From what I understand, they're still working on the details. They're going to add some weight in front of the mid plate, working on placement and the amount of weight. But the idea here, when I first thought saw that, I'm like, man, that's that's going to give them specs a big advantage. Well, after digging into this, guys, 
right now, I mean, let's face it. We don't need 872 freaking engine packages in all these classes. We don't need it, right? Their goal, because they tried this concept engine deal, thinking in their minds it's going to be a cost savings. Well, the price has gone up. They're basically the same price as the spec. So they're initially what their thoughts are is in a short period of time, going to phase out one of them engines and get back to just having the, the one spec engine for the month. So that's going to be a pretty good thing long term. And I know there's a few people out there, engine builders are like, we got all these freaking parts here for concept engines. Well, I get it. I mean, that's, you know, there's, there's always a little bit of a hiccup with everything you do, but I think long term, this is going to be good. Um, Midwest mods and supers, other than the composite body deal there in the supers, was there really anything that was changed? No, nothing. The um, nothing else in the supers. Um, the the B mods or the A mods and the Midwest mods. We did get the um, you can mount the front caliper uh, on the front side of the uh, um, rotor now, but it's got to be the same on both sides. So everybody was unanimous with that. It's get that's getting into a safety issue, and it's also getting into a saving some money as well. First thing right. Billy said, this is going to save this in the long run. It's going to save some drivers money. You're not tearing up shocks. You're not tearing out suspension equipment. Um, and there's zero advantage to it. So, um, and one one other thing on that clip, Ryan, that is more of a square tube front clip. Um, it, it almost it was actually they did a really good job. It almost looks like a stock one. Um, and they have templates for it. Um, they, they got the whole nine yards. They had everything there. So it, it's going to be a game changer. Um, AJ Demel said that and there's a bunch of other like this is going to be a big deal. I talked to Russ Ebert about a little bit because I just wanted to get some more info. Don't know much about modifieds. Um, he said, yeah, this is going to be a game changer. And eventually, hopefully, if the test goes good through July, they're going to implement that in 2025 and, and you can run that. So the roller rockers, they tried to get that in in Supers Midwest Mod Street. That did not pass. Um, they tried to get the Burt transmissions in in the street stock division. That did not pass as well. Um, you know, I guess we all have our opinions on that. And, you know, the next year, from what I understand, I heard this from a couple of promoters, that the tech committee, maybe Billy, the tech committee, was more in favor of switching to the roller rockers and the promoters are the ones that kind of voted that down. So, so engine builders and stuff, maybe that's something you can look forward to in 2025 um, after next year's meeting. Um, you talked about the one extra show point. So, the way that the whistle, the way that points are currently structured, Bert, I know you're a points guy, nine or less cars, you would get 10 points for showing up. 10 to 15 cars, you'd get 11 show up points. 16 or more was 12. Now they added one more uh, point break in there, 26 or more cars. I believe it's 20. Is it over 26 or 26 or more? 26 plus, I believe the number 26 was. plus, you get an additional point. So instead of getting uh, 12 points, you get 13 show points. And, and really, I try, we tried this for years. When I was racing supers, hitting all them tracks had two B mains. I mean, there was... 35, 40 cars. So we're like, we want another show point here. All the small tracks are like, yeah, bullshit. You're, like, you're going to screw us, right? If you're a track out there that's got eight cars, nine cars in certain classes, and that kind of stings these smaller tracks. That's why it never passed before. Very surprised that it passed now. Very surprised by that. But I think overall, if you beat, if you win a feature, if you win, and there's 27 cars there 
you should get more points. I mean, it's harder to win with a bigger field of cars. Um, another thing that came out here that's been talked about for the, the last couple meetings. So, the bear with me one second here. I had a text come up there. That's kind of interesting. All right. So, the Devil's Lake Speedway has been talking for a couple straight years here about implementing an LS uh, motor package in some of the lower classes, Midwest Mods, Street Stocks, and citing, I mean, they're they're plentiful. I mean, every junkyard, they are everywhere. These LS engines are everywhere. And down in the south, it's there's a lot of tracks that are very successful with an LS-type engine package in their cars. Now, in 2024... They're going to have testing, and I don't know how this testing process works, Jeff. Maybe you can touch on this a little bit more, but in the street stock division and in the Midwest Mod division, you're going to be allowed to have a kind of a pilot program here for the LS engines. Now, Kraus, do you have to apply for that? Do you have to get a hold of Wasota, the tech committee, a promoter, or can you just go ahead and put one in? Do you have more details on this? I don't. Um the LS came up and it was kind of to the point where we're not ready for it. So Wasota didn't want to talk about it. So I don't know if something came up later um, where they're going to just do it at one track, no national points, no track points, no nothing makes sense. Um, and they're right. We're not ready for it because there's issues with um, fuel and you have to get it. What are you going to do with fuel pump? You're going to have to run an electric fuel pump. Or what are you going to do with fuel? What are you going to do with the coil? You're going to run the coil packs on there. You're going to have to run a separate coil, run an MSD box. So there's, there's weight and they're going to get into dynoing it. They are going to do some, you know, dynoing and some testing. Um, so I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. Um, they talked about maybe throwing it in a car and like I said, keeping it, you know, it's, you don't want drivers and other people to start complaining. Hey, what's going on? Like I said, be no points, no national points, kind of go out there and run with somebody and then see what happens. Um, but they are going to start dynoing things and start testing things and, and seeing what's what's the best option out there in case we have to get uh, another engine. Because we talked about, you know, cast iron parts, stock parts, junkyard parts are getting super, super hard to find. So um, we might have to come up with a different option here. Well, let's put it this way, guys. I mean, Bert, you, you don't race, right? Go-kart. You raced go-kart back in the day. I don't take no. that away from you. But... <laughs> The, the idea behind a thirteen to seventeen thousand dollars street stock Midwest mod or super stock engine is absolutely ridiculous, right? And if there's an alternative out there that can allow drivers to compete for a significantly lower price, why not explore it? So tip of the cap, Devils Lake Speedway, Nolan and Heather for bringing that up and getting the ball moving with that, and we'll see how things go. Now, tires. That was a big topic last year. You, uh, you guys are troublemakers talking about this tire deal. So, as we know, this 2024 is the final year of the contract between Wasoda and Hoosier. Okay? So, at the meetings in 2022 leading into the 2023 season, the, the collective group decided we're going to increase the tire price by 9%, give a little bump back. And that was a one-year deal. And then this year, the Viking Speedway made a motion to bring the tire price back down to what it was in 2022, right? We, we gave them their 9% bump for a year. Let's go ahead and bring that back down. 
to where it was to finish out the contract. Devils Lake seconds that motion. Bert, I believe they were the only two tracks that even voted that way. All the rest of them voted to keep the 9% increase on the tires. Absolutely mind-boggling. I just don't understand. And that's not a Wissota board deal. That's not a tech committee deal. That's not a Billy deal. That's not a Rod deal. The promoters did that. Now, guys, the jury's out. The jury's still out, right? I mean, we will know more if this was a good deal or a bad deal in the years to come. I don't believe we're going to know the fo- the following year. I believe, um, I believe that we're going to have still cheaper tires the first year after the contract than like what UMP does. But how many years is it going to take to where they're the same price? I don't know. The jury's out. We, everybody knows my feelings on this. I think it's dumb, but it is what it is. So I know that there's some promoters that in their mind, right, they're like, if we give them that bump now, right, if we give them that bump now, they're going to take care of us later. I freaking hope you're right. I I really hope you're right because I don't want to see the racers pay more than they have to. Challenge series. Interesting. I Bert, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I might have given him a little shit about the challenge series, especially when they got rid of my buddy Dennis McCauley. You know, the, the best series in all of racing, of course, was the Super Stock series, right? So, <clears throat> big difference. Super Stock series. Zero paid employees. None. Zero. They don't have their own flag guy, their own tech guy, their own race director. They don't, nobody. No, they don't have their own announcer. There is zero administrative costs for the Fastlane Super Stock Series. Okay. The Challenge Series this year lost just under $30,000. It was negative, just under $30,000. The employee cost for this, Bert, between paying the employees and the mileage and reimbursement costs for set employees to go to these events, $31,000. Here's your sign, right? There was at some of these events, there was more paid staff to be at a Challenge Series event than there was drivers that actually followed every race. That's the problem. Take that money. If you're gonna if you're gonna go 30 grand in a hole, give that to the freaking drivers. Okay. Now, Coach Krause, you mentioned that they are making some changes now to that. They recognize that, hey, that's an issue. That can't happen. It was talked about. Coach Krause, what's happening with the challenge series here in 2024? Yeah, it was it was a big topic of dis- discussion. And I think once everybody saw the uh, profit loss deal, there's like, oh boy. And everybody knew, and there was a bunch of comments on on the on the administrative stuff, what do we do about the challenge series and stuff like that? So uh, the first things first is they're um, um, they cut it down to 15 shows. So, you know, it used to be 22. Um, I know, uh, I know Don Shaw talked about, well, if, if I was a late model, I'd just run the challenge series. And, and to be honest with you, he's probably right. If you're going to run 22, whatever shows it is, go run for them. I mean, the minimum is $2,000 and they pay pretty good to start. So, um, you know, and you can run, you know, they don't run too many weekends straight through. It's, you know, kind of three or four here and three or four there and stuff like that. So they did cut it down. Um, and then the big thing was that, you know, we got to get rid of the traveling flag man. We got to get rid of the traveling announcer. Every racetrack already has a flag man. Every racetrack already has an announcer. Let them take care of that. 
Um, you know, and they talked about point system because they have the qualifying, you know, they have the qualifying and um, for the heats and then passing points and stuff like that. Pretty much all the scores know what to do with with passing points and that stuff. Have a formula right on my race pass, punch it in, boom, it kicks it out. So um, that's a couple of the big thing is, um, you know, they want to you know, get a cut down on apparel costs. They spent a whole bunch of money on apparel and didn't sell much. So, um, you know, they obviously want to keep it going. Um, I, that's a definite. But like you said, you can't have that $30,000 loss. And they are definitely, definitely going to make changes. Um, you know, someone brought up, well, what are we going to do this series for? We only have four or five people following it. That was another big topic of discussion. How are we going to get 10, 12, 15 drivers to follow that challenge series um, and make it, you know, the premier challenge or the series in Wissota? Yeah. And, and my simple solution to that is again, follow what Dennis did, right? With the Superstock series. Whoever's in charge of the challenge series, whoever that person may be, right? Get the list of Wasota licensed drivers in the late model division from Wasota. You know, get a hold of Callie. She can get you that list, get you their contact info there and all that. Heck, you can go right on my race pass and do it, right? And just reach out to them. You want to have more cars follow the series? It starts right there. Call all those drivers, Facebook message them, text them, whatever you got to do to let them know, hey, we would love to have you at our event. Goes a long ways. Superstock Series doesn't pay massive amounts of money. Most of them are six or seven hundred to win, but guess what? They had about I don't know, just shy of forty cars that ran every uh, that ran all the shows on average. So, I mean, the proof's in the pudding right there. Now, another thing here, we talk about Billy. Now, regardless if it's Billy, if it's Bert, if it's Ryan, it don't matter who it is, right? If we're the if we're the head of teching for Wasota, there's eight hundred and seventy two classes out, right? It is physically impossible for one individual to know all of the rules, like the back of their hand in all of these classes with all these freaking engine packages and this, that, and the other. Can't happen. Kraus, you mentioned that they are discussing the potential of the tech committee and literally having, like, one representative from the committee that's like, you're the late model person, you're the mod person, you're the superstock person. What's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I talked to uh, Gene Cockerman and Dean Shoneman a little bit. I know both those guys. Um, Gene's kind of the Viking Speedway I-94, KRA, um, that kind of area, and he's been doing it for years. And obviously, Dean Shoneman's the um, Aberdeen. He's out that way, takes care of all those tracks. You know, and, and Gene kind of said, hey, if this goes, I'm going to probably be the Midwest mod, the Superstock tech guy. And, you know, Dean's going to take, whether it's the modifieds, and then, you know, Billy's going to kind of oversee all that. So if there is a question – Hey, let's contact Gene first. Um, then, if it needs to go further from there, then let's let's go contact. Um, when, then we can talk to Billy. So, and like you said, it, it's a lot of cars, a lot of tracks. Um, Billy needs help. There's there's no doubt about it. He's, there's that there's so much going on there. So, hopefully, I think that's going to work. I think the tech committee can help that too as well. Um, you know, they talked about you know some uh, traveling guy going around track track and all of a sudden there's costs involved in that and stuff like that so i think the big thing is just to get get them some help i'm gonna have uh certain tech inspectors handle certain classes and i think that's definitely gonna help absolutely now cross bert either one of you you're both football fans do you ever watch the pat mcafee show i've seen it i don't watch it religiously okay i've been um 
I usually I usually watch it daily. So I'm I'm a hockey coach, so I like watching sports shows. So right. Undisputed, Get Up, Stephen A. Smith, and then I love when they bring pro coaches on there because I just love listening to coaches. So I I watch those shows all the time. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is JJ Watts has become a regular on the Pat McAfee show. He's been he's been on there pretty much every week, like 30 minutes or whatever with McAfee, and he's ruffling some feathers. He of course he retired. He's not playing football anymore. His brother still is, and and he is. Absolutely ruffling, ruffling some feathers. So what's going on in the NFL is they are absolutely finding people like crazy. Like literally you sneeze on somebody wrong, they're $10,000 fine. Yeah, you, you hit them a little bit wrong, $50,000 fine. And and he's like kind of being a, a voice for the players saying, look, I get it. Some of these fines are definitely warranted, right? I get it, right? But – there's some cases out there where you watch the film and you're like, which guy got fined? Like, I had to watch it multiple times. It's it's ridiculous. Where I'm going with that is when he was a player, he could not do that. If he was a player in the NFL calling out the NFL and calling out the refs, he'd get a fine for that. He'd probably get suspended, right? Can't do it. He's retired. And McAfee says, JJ, why are you doing that? He goes, because it's bullshit. I am sick and tired of seeing this shit. These people are getting money taken out of their hands. It is basically stealing, and I am being a voice for these players. Well, guess what? The One to Go show, the Dirt Podcast, you know what we are? We're a voice for the racers. That's what we are, right? Does everybody agree with everything we have to say? Hell no, absolutely not. Wouldn't expect them to, right? That's just life in general. But my God, right? What when when you have an organization with soda, right? Where literally every day of the meeting and starting off the banquet, they're literally talking about how their feelings are hurt from people that are criticizing them on podcasts and social media. What the hell are you guys doing? Right? How about you focus on what you're doing to make the organization better? Listen to what we have to say. You may not like it, it may sting a little bit, but why would you waste any time on that? There's people out there, right, that are like, oh, man, these guys are troublemakers. We want to silence them. I can't believe they are bad for racing. Okay, we're bad for racing. All right, fair enough. We're bad for racing. Well, you have an organization out there. Hold on. People calling me in the middle of a rant here. That's bullshit. That's a donkey award. So, you have people out there in the organization that have literally misused funds from Wasoda, basically stole money and got caught, and they still have a job. Hey, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. They're not troublemakers. We're troublemakers because we talk about it. They're not troublemakers. You got people that are on payroll, right, with Wasoda that literally got kicked off the board for blackmail, right? They literally were involved with another organization that was a rival to Wasoda trying to divide and end Wasoda. But, hey, they're, they're on the payroll. Nothing to see here. Don't talk about that guy. You're bullying that guy. You're picking on that guy. We're troublemakers. What? Right? You have a board member there right now, right now today, that was the owner of the Granite City Motor Park, not the current owner. This is a former owner, right? He's a board member of Wasoda that up and decides, hey, we're going to go ahead and screw over our neighboring track 
the Princeton Speedway, and we're going to switch from Sundays to Fridays and go head-to-head with a track 30 miles away. Well, what happened? Princeton and Brainerd said F you, and they decided to go IMCA, and that guy's on the board. But we're freaking troublemakers. Are you shitting me, right? You have a guy that literally busted his tail for multiple years at the 100 at Fergus, doing parking, doing all that, helping everybody out behind the scenes, did a good job, got along with everybody. And then you got the Sullivan Family Vacation Fund in place, right? That literally goes ahead and they give that job, take it from him and give it to her freaking husband. Unbelievable. My goodness. People just keep calling me and calling me and calling me. Let's be popular today. So we call all this stuff out, right? But we're the troublemakers because we're we're not doing this shit. This ain't us. We're not doing it. We're talking about it. We're bringing it to light. Why? Because we want racing to be better. We want things to be fair. We want the drivers treated right. We want the promoters treated right. We want racing to be better. But, hey, when all these people come in and do all this shit that is absolutely ridiculous, oh, man, it's the podcasters. It's their fault. They're, they're talking about it. They're freaking troublemakers. Some of y'all right now need to get a freaking clue. That's what you need to do, right? Literally need to get a clue and understand that we don't come up with this topic just out of our ass, right? Like when we talk about different things that are happening in racing, two drivers, two tracks, whatever that's going on, this information comes from somebody. It comes from somebody. It comes from drivers. It comes from fans. It comes from sponsors. It comes from promoters, right? Literally, there's people sending us like, oh, did you hear what happened here? And did you hear what happened there? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Literally, promoters doing that. And I get it. Drivers cannot. They they absolutely cannot really go out on social media and start talking about all this stuff. I get it. Because they're going to have a target on their back. They cannot do that. So I welcome you to keep sending us that information so that we can try to implement change. And, and Coach, you mentioned that some of the stuff that we've brought to light in the last year or so, some of those things are actually starting to materialize as far as changes procedural-wise and, and stuff like that. So, I don't know, I sleep just fine at night, I guess. But what's what's your thoughts on that whole deal, Bert? I, you're sitting back there going, holy shit, what's going on here? But, uh, <laughs> Coach, what's, what's your thoughts on some of that stuff right there? No, you're 100%, 100% right there. And um, like I said, at, at the end of the day, Ryan, there's a reason why we do these shows. We got passion for the sport. We've been in it for years. You've been in it for years. Um, it's great having Bird here because he's a fan and he gets to see all this stuff and has opinion too because if we don't have guys like Bert fans coming up the racetracks, we're not going to have racing. So um, like I said, we have fun with it. We want to promote it. Hey, there's multiple um, you know, I got multiple texts from drivers that I got one right away said, thank you for sticking up for us, for our class. Thank you for doing what you do. You know, and that means, that means the world, whether it's one guy or, or, or 600 guys, or, uh, it's just nice to hear those kind of things. So like I said, we're, we're here, we want to, we want to make the sport better and, and uh, we want to help out. We want to help save drivers money. And like I said, there ain't anybody else talking about it. Right. Um, you know, you hear a lot more comments. Hey, we pick on guys who are hot or are, who aren't hot. We help guys who are hot. And 
Um, it's all about promoting. You never know. Someone might land a sponsor because they heard you're doing well. We went and checked out your stats. You're doing one to go show said you're doing awesome. So um, like I said, we do it. We, we have fun and, and uh, have fun with it. And we want to help the drivers out and, and get their name out there and have some fun with things. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Go ahead, Bert. You look like you had something to say there. Oh, I was just going to say, ask, did, did they really bring up podcasters at the annual meeting? What did they say? And, and the banquet. And the banquet. <laughs> yeah, they, they said, we are with soda. I don't know the exact words because they didn't, that part wasn't recorded. But essentially, they came out and said, we, we don't want to be part of character assassination of our staff. And, and you're bullying people. First of all, it's impossible to bully a bully, right? So some of the people that we're talking about are literally the biggest bullies in our sport. So we're just calling out the shit that they've done. We're not bullies. We're just pointing out the fact that they are right. So if you want to call us bully, that's fine. But yeah, they actually they brought that up at the at the meeting and all that. And a buddy of mine said he goes, other than all the dirt that's been around for a long time, and, and nothing against them. They they made they profited. They made a lot of money off of Wissota, right? They they did nothing wrong with that. That's we're capitalism at its best, right? But other than that, name me anything out there that promotes with soda racing as much or more than we do. Nothing. There ain't a damn thing. Not one thing. Do we talk about some of the hot topics? Absolutely. But we also talk about the good stuff, the right drivers, when tracks are doing a great job, we talk about that. Nobody else is talking about it at all. Nobody, right? So there is that. Now, I do want to give a shout out to the champions, right? Because that's what the banquet's all about, recognizing the champions. First, a shout out to a sponsor, Fast Lane Motorsports and Powder Coating up in Ashland, Wisconsin, home of the Galloper chassis. They do custom sandblasting, uh, custom powder coating, sandblasting, fabricating. They do it all. They they service multiple tracks, proud sponsor of the best series in all of Wissota Racing, the Northland Superstock Series. Uh, just a huge shout-out to Chris and the crew up in Ashland. If you need some parts, you need tires, you need whatever, get a hold of them, guys. Um, late, I mean, so they recognize the champions, guys. Of course, one quick you know, shout-out here. Late model national champion in 2023, the 1TPO Tyler Peterson. Modifieds and Superstocks, the 7-8 Shane Sabraski. Zach Benson with his first national champion in the Midwest mod, going to be moving up to the big mod this year. The Wolverine, Justin Vogel, got his second national title. Josh Berg got his first national title in the Fears. Tommy Bowden got his second in the Mod 4s. And Justin Barsness won in the Hornets. Now, I also want to congratulate the all the track champions, the state champions. The rookies of the year this year were Tyler Peterson. Kind of a big feat there, winning the rookie of the year and the national champion of the late model. Kennedy Swan, Rookie of the Year in the Modifieds. Now, Bert, I got a question for you. This is a fan question, hot topic. I know she's loved. I'm, I'm a Kennedy Swan fan myself. Bert, she won an award for Most Improved Driver. How do you win at, at, most? Wait, wait, wait. As a, as a rookie in the division? Yes. Okay. I. So they should rename that the most popular driver because that's essentially what that was because it was a fan vote. And she, she is fun to watch. It's a pretty good wheel. But I just kind of shook my head. I'm like, most improved driver, Kennedy Swan. What? It was her first year in the class. 
So, well, whatever. They had some fun with it. Austin Baum, he was the rookie of the year in the Super. Blake Adams, third generation racer. Going to be fun to watch him. Rookie of the year in the Midwest mod. Dominic Plato, he won it in the Streeters. Ashton Schwinn, um, second generation driver. His dad, Conrad Schwinn, still races. Rookie of the year in the Mod Force. And Justin Barstas, who was the national champion, the Hornets, also the rookie of the year in the Pure Stock Division. Now, at the banquet, um, Sound like it was overall a fun deal. The only complaints I got, and I had a multitude coming in, my God, it was just too long. It drug on forever. And and there's a lot of classes. You got classes and state champs and, and all that stuff. There's a lot going on there. I guess it was, I don't know how many hours it was, but it was it was long. It was a very long banquet. Um, I was told Dennis Zeck did a fantastic job. Um, I know Dennis a little bit. I get along with him pretty good. He seems to always have a pretty positive, fun you know, kind of a fun-spirited attitude. He was kind of the MC for the deal, um, kind of entered in on one of them, I don't know what they are, little scooter deals, two-wheel deal. He kind of entered in, had some fun with it. And then, of course, they had the Herminator there, um, Kenny Wallace in the house. And did either of you jump onto Dirt Race Central and get a chance to listen to Kenny Wallace's speech? Kind of a cool deal. Kind of talks about his old days in the bread truck and, you know, and, and that type of stuff. Um, you know, Kenny's always fun to listen to. Kenny Wallace is pretty entertaining. Um, Dirt Race Central, if you if you have a subscription to that, they did um they did video all of the um champions and Kenny Wallace. You can go on there and watch that. Prowse, did you uh I know you didn't go to the banquet, you had hockey, you had you went to the meetings. Um, did you hear anything good, bad, or otherwise from the uh um from the banquet itself? Nothing. I didn't. I didn't hear anything. Watch some uh, tidbits with Kenny Wallace. I know there is people posting videos and stuff all the time, and he's a hoot. He's gonna have fun, and that's what that's all about—to have some fun there. So I, I like I said, I wasn't there. I was busy with stuff, and I, like I said, I haven't heard a lick of how things went. I'm just, you know, I always go through Facebook. I look at the pictures and stuff like that, seeing what everybody posted. So I'm, I'm sure everybody had a good time, and 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 thanks, you know, someone had made a mention on Facebook about uh, why don't we. What are we doing paying for Kenny Wallace and Donnie Shots to come up here? We could give these monies back to the driver. I'm like, listen, you got Donnie Shots and Kenny Wallace to come up to talk to us with soda. That's awesome. And the flip side, Kenny Wallace was sponsored. It was an anonymous sponsorship. He paid for the whole thing. So worry about your own bobber. Um, let's um, I think that's absolutely awesome. I love guest speakers, especially Kenny Wallace and and um and Donnie Shots and I and I was fortunate enough a few years ago I got to listen to Todd McClellan, um, who was a longtime San Jose Sharks head coach and the Edmonton Oilers head coach. Um, I got to sit and listen to him. Great for me. I mean, who's going to say who, who? I don't care how much it costs. It's priceless to listen to stuff like that. So great work to Wasota bring him in and hopefully they find somebody again for next year. Yeah, one hundred percent. Steve Kinzer was uh, one of the guest speakers one of the years as well and they, they've had they've had a number they went several years without having one but i think that was a great addition for sure um i didn't hear much about the expo um maybe somebody can post in the, in the comments how that went i didn't hear much about it so let's jump into our weekly pickums here brought to you by brad parsons soil and egg solution if you're over in western minnesota north dakota south dakota if you're a farmer if you're looking to be more profitable if you want higher yields give brad a call his number, 320-219-3542. He can get you all the information, the data, all of the stuff that you need to decide, if, hey, do I want to take a chance 
and use some of his products on a portion of the on our land to see how it performs in 2024, why not give it a try? The proof's in the pudding. Give Brad a call. So last week, guys, only one show. We had a couple rainouts in there, and it was at BAPS Motor Speedway, the final showdown for the 410 sprint cars. That's the only one that we actually counted for picks. Danny Dietrich getting it done. Curtis and Mike both had him, so tip of the cap to them guys for the only ones getting points. Bert, that was a goose egg for you and I. Um, Curtis standings in that. Curtis game two. He's at 220. You're four points behind him. we got a pretty big week this week. Dan is at 205. Brad is at 202. Mike at 198. Kent at 191. The old 71A here at 184. Boy, it'd be nice to get in the top five, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. And then we got Jeff at 144. 19 points behind his brother who hasn't picked anybody in a month. So, Jeff, get it together there, guy. Not Jeff Kraus. Different Jeff. Okay. So, I'll look ahead to this week's events brought to you by our friends over at Zuli's Race Engines. So, what do you need? You need, you need a good car. You need good tires, right? You need all that. But you need a good power plant under the hood. You need something that's got a lot of horsepower so you can get to the front win races. You need something that's dependable, that's going to last you the season to win championships. If you can't beat them, join them, Zuli's Race Engines. So this week, guys, pretty pretty good multitude of races. Surprising here, kind of mid, mid to end of November. So Volusia down in Florida, they have the Emil and Dale Rudiman Memorial for UMP Modifieds down there. Of course, uh, I think Buzzy Rudiman's still getting after it. It's going to be interesting to see if he races in that one. Springfield Raceway in Missouri. They have the Turkey Bowl this weekend. Uh, that's on Saturday. It's a three-day event, but the late models are just on Saturday at Springfield. Southern All-Stars late models. They have a pair of shows Friday and Saturday at the Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida. Been there myself. And uh, Carolina Clash, they have a pair of races. Co-sanctioned. Bert talks about co-sanctioned quite a bit. Maybe that was Soda and, and uh, Dirt Kings and all these. We should do some co-sanctioned stuff in there. Well, they are. Carolina Clash Night 1, they're co-sanctioned with the Iron Man Late Model Series. The Palmetto State 50 at Lancaster, South Carolina. That's for late models. And then on Sat or on Sunday, excuse me, they're having the 33rd annual Blue-Gray 100 at Gaffney, South Carolina's Cherokee Speedway. Um, that one is work XR Working Man and Carolina Clash. And then the Hunt the Front Late Models this weekend, too, at Duck River. They have the Gobbler, kind of that Thanksgiving-themed type stuff. So quite a bit of racing here on a multitude of streaming platforms. You're going to want to look up uh, your favorite track there on Facebook to see where they are. So this week, guys, uh, let's get into the last lap. Brought to you by Dirt Track Supply over in Watertown, South Dakota. Home of the Aero Chassis. Um, Ron and Trevor, they do a fantastic job. They service a bunch of tracks with their parts truck. They build cars. They can fix your existing car. They can do bodies, bumpers, any parts, tire safety equipment. You need it, right? They're also having a Black Friday special. So if you're over there in the area, if you're in the racing community, heck, even if you don't need to buy anything, Trevor said, stop in, bullshit, grab a sandwich and a pop on us. Love to visit with you. Black Friday deal over at Dirt Track Supply in Watertown, South Dakota. So, Bert, did you see what's going on at Houston's? Well, they have a 
what was it? Another hundred thousand dollar race that they added to the schedule? Um, they did. They did. So the, yeah, the I, same weekend. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's the same weekend as the Houston's High Bank Nationals that pays two hundred fifty thousand to win. I believe this is going to be the Houston's High Bank Hustle. I think is what it's called, and that's going to be kind of leading into that event for a hundred thousand to win. Guys, that tells me one thing. David Gravel's not leaving World of Outlaws because they're having World of Outlaw shows at the track owned by his car owner. So you can expect to see the two. In fact, I believe he announced it already that David Gravel is going to be um, searching for that first title. Bros, you have something going on over there in uh, western Minnesota. Sounds like a little kind of revamping of the moonshine mod tour in its second season coming up um just preliminary here not schedule stuff but kind of what are some things that you can that you can kind of discuss that are looking to change here in 2024 yeah i've been talking with benji Fromke a little bit now that i'm uh kind of manning up the schedule at viking speedway you know the moonshine mod tour took off last year uh, that benji started up uh did i think they did 12 12 events with a couple show outs. So I think you, you want, you know, been talking about reducing that a little bit, go to nine shows, um, you know, a three set, a three setter in June, a three setter in um, July and a three setter in August and uh, no throwouts and uh, kind of keep the same format, you know, get some point fun going. I think it could be a pretty cool deal. Um, so I've already been working on schedule here with, um, you know, first swing, you know, kind of thinking I-94 Viking Buffalo river, um, and I know I, I talked to Nate Fisher yesterday, so we may be talking maybe uh, Princeton Ogilvy Granite City uh, with the swing and the Moonshine Tour. And then obviously they want to get up, you know, um, Ada had a great show last year. It was a great event up there. It was a great race. Um, you know, and Ada, Grand Forks, kind of a green bush and then call it a tour. So we're it's, it's all preliminary stuff right now, but hopefully um, something pretty cool. And and like I said, I know we had a great show at, at, at Viking and, um, he wants to get into the hotbed of modifieds in Lasota, um, and that's that's the big thing. Um, make sure, hey, you're going to show up to get you know 17 to 20 locals already. Add some travelers. Now all of a sudden you got a great show. Um, so props to Benji for saying, hey, we, we want to make sure when we show up, we got a good amount of cars on a great show. So hopefully uh, we can get the schedules figured up and, and get the moonshine Montour rolling again. Yeah, I look forward to that. I like the idea of a of a shorter series. With no throws, I think that is great. And you mentioned Princeton in, the, in there. So, of course, Princeton has been IMCA. Of course, they had super, sort of super stocks and mod fours, but primarily IMCA for the past number of years. Tom Wagaman, the Wagaman crew, Nate, I think the, the Ogilvy Raceway crew as a whole, going to be running Princeton. I have not seen an official announcement, but with Tom being on the board for Wissota now, one can only assume that they are completely going to switch everything over to Wasoda. Have you heard anything official on that? Um, it's kind of what he had mentioned. Um, they still got some things to work out as far as the lease and the renting and and stuff like that with the track. So they want to get it 100% done deal that, hey, yes, we're running Princeton before all of a sudden they start throwing out sanction, which is obviously, you know, what is it? You need the cart before the horse is what they say or something down those lines or whatever it is. So, um, that's kind of what they're um, doing, getting all their ducks in a row, and then they're going to make an announcement. Sounds good. So Sheridan Speedway out in Sheridan, Wyoming, um, kind of the very far western side of Wasota country, 10,000 to win Midwest Mod Special this summer. 
Um, that's going to be an interesting one. I've seen a lot of people commenting on their posts, a lot of South Dakota drivers, some North Dakota drivers saying, we're in, we're going. And uh, Dirt Race Central is going to be covering that. So it's going to be kind of cool to see a big Midwest mod show in the western side of Wasota country. Silly season is among us. So, Carlos, you thought Max Blair's got a little something different in 2024. What's going on there? Yeah, I see um, he's been a huge Rocket supporter over the years. Um, pretty sure I know, um, as I know his family's in big with that team. Um, so I jumped over to the Longhorn. Um, like I said, he, he's been diehard Rocket. So Max Blair, I saw hopping over in the Longhorn. I'm sure they're going to get that thing out as soon as possible. So I heard a couple more local Longhorn uh, news here. So this is uh, this is unconfirmed, but it's from a pretty solid source. So JR Motorsports, JR Haley, of course, sponsor of the 6M, Jeffrey Massengill. Sounds like he's going to be making the switch from the Kryptonite to Longhorns for 2024. Another rumor going around, and I've heard this from multiple sources now, is there has been some talks in the 7A camp. Shane Sabraski could possibly be getting in a Longhorn late model as well. Keep your eye out for that one. That would be fun to see. And then Billy Kendall, uh, a, a driver from northern Minnesota, modified guy, he's making the jump from a modified to a late model. Might run both. I haven't heard if he's going to do that, but he did get a late model. So look uh, look for that nine ride to be in the late model. Prelims are set for the Dome. You can jump onto a Facebook and kind of look at the 2020 page, or you can look at the Gateway Dirt Nationals page, and they have the prelims set. We'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. Bert, did you see a couple tracks here that were added to the World of Outlaw Late Model schedule for 2024? Yeah, no, th there was a couple in Minnesota. I can't remember the names of them, but uh, also in, well, it's eastern Wisconsin, but it's way south. Uh, Wilmont uh, is on the World of Outlaw schedule also. I believe it's the Monday after Fairbury and... Uh, it's in between Fairbury and the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake. And uh, the World of Outlaws, they've, uh, I mean, that used to be Shano Speedway's date for like 10 years. They had it for, they had the Outlaws for like 10 years, but then uh, they decided not to bring them back. I don't, it's got to be like eight years ago already. And uh, since then, the World of Outlaws that week, they've raced in Oshkosh, they've raced in Beaver Dam, they've raced in Plymouth, they've, raced in Iowa and they they just can't find a home uh for I guess a filler race between Falls and the USA Nationals so hopefully uh hopefully it's successful at uh, Wilmot I gotta ask you though Bert so in my eyes Femore has provided the best racing one I I love watching the world of all oh, it, it was at Seymour too <laughs> yeah that was my favorite Bert Wilmot had some drama this year that was the track yeah. that said but no more partying after the races. You got to be yeah. out of here. There's all kinds of brawls going on. Kind of surprised to see the world of outlaws going in there with all the complete drama they had going on there. Um, yeah, I was surprised when I saw that too. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Kraus, I know that you know what's going on over in Minnesota. Um, I, I know one track for sure. Was there more than one track in Minnesota that's adding world of outlaws? <laughs> I haven't seen anything else, but I know uh, Norman County Raceway up in Ada is going to be Maybe holding a World of Outlaw special. Um, and I don't know what the swing is going on there because now, um, like I said, I've been working on some scheduling stuff with I-94 and um, 
you know, first thing I ask, when's your World Outlaw show? Because they usually run that on a Saturday. Um, you know, we've taken off in the past at Viking just to accommodate them and do whatever. And and uh, there's shows on a Thursday now um, at I-94. So I, it's going to be interesting to see where the layout, if they're going to do a four-day now or if they're going to go to a three or maybe they didn't want to run on Sunday. They wanted to use that as a travel day to get back to where they were going. I don't know. So um, so I don't know if Norman County is going to be on Friday. I'm sure they're going to go Grand Forks. So I don't know if what what they're going to do with that swing now. But uh, Norman County added a race. And I'm, like I said, the sounds like the Fergus one's going to be on Thursday. So be interesting to see what that schedule is. Yeah, and of course they went to Fargo too. You know, so the the same promoter at Ada is the the gentleman, the family that promotes uh, Red River Valley Speedway in West Fargo as well. So I'm assuming they're going to be at both. It'll be interesting how that all works out. So, um, anything else there under? Uh, I guess under the last lap. There any any other topics? Any other little tidbits that you guys have? Uh no, not really. Um. I have heard some rumors of a couple of drivers going late models, but uh, I'm not uh, sure enough to share that yet. So uh, I'll do some digging and, and see if I can get some confirmation. We're going to give your ass a donkey award. You can just go ahead and say <laughs> these are unconfirmed, but who do we got? Come on, come on, give us a hint. Give us a hint. Well, one I heard... Uh, he's, he's raced late models in the past, um, but he's been racing modifieds most recently. He raced late models in the past, ran modifieds most recently. Yeah. All right. Benji Lacrosse? No. No, it's somebody more central Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. We're looking forward to hearing them, uh, them a little bit more dirt here on Eastern Wisconsin. <laughs> so let's jump into our final segment here, guys. Three bold predictions that we make every week, our accountability session first, and then we make three predictions every week that are racing-related. Um, they either happen or didn't. But first, a shout-out, Mason Aaron's videos. Um, Mason Aaron videos, you can check them out on YouTube, on Facebook. Mason, great ambassador of the sport, um, does a lot of really cool stuff. If you're a racer, if you're a track and you want a little highlight reel, he does a lot of that stuff as well, does some really cool work. Um, give him a, a text or a message. And so off the board, not much, a lot of rainouts this week. Um, Bert, you had one. You said you're going to be tied for the point lead in the Pickums contest after this past weekend. Well, he doubled up on you. He was two ahead. He's four. He only got one race in. That was a no. I had nothing coming off the board. Neither did Krause. Rain kind of canceled everything for us. I had a couple that I kind of pushed out as well. The standings right now, um, I am at 39.4%. I got 50 correct, 77 incorrect. Bert, you're at 35.8%, 48 correct, 86 incorrect. Coach and the listeners need a little help here. They're at 17.6 um, uh, as far as a correct percentage, 12 correct and 56 wrong. So we're going to make three laps. Around the track here, we're going to make three predictions each. We're, we're going to start with you. We'll go to Kraus, and then we'll go to me. What's your first one you got here, Bert Lehman? All right. First one I have is Southern All-Star Late Models. Uh, the point leader who is going to win the championship, I mean, I think he's pretty much clinched it, um, will finish um, on the podium in both races this week. Who is it? 
I can't remember his first name. His last <laughs> his last name his last name is Gay. I can't remember okay. his first name though. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, we're gonna leave that one alone. Cross, what do you got? I got um gotta give a shout out to Kenny Wallace here. Thank him for coming again and, and talking in front of all of us. He's getting the turkey bowl at Springfield this weekend on Saturday night. He's winning the A feature and getting his turkey bowl. Is he running a late model? Uh mod. Oh, in the mod. Okay. Yep. He's bringing his mod. It was just I didn't want to make sure I did check out and said he's said he got back and he's heading down there. He's going right down to Springfield for this weekend. Nice. And it sounds like this is kind of his last hurrah. He's gonna kind of be done racing and maybe do a couple like uh, appearances, but sounds like he's not gonna be running a full schedule uh next year. All right, I'm gonna go. We got a couple races down south, and uh, Tanner English is gonna get at least one feature win this weekend in the late model. Bert Lehman, okay. uh, I will say Nick Hoffman will win the modified show at Volusia, the uh, Reutemann, uh Memorial Race. Yeah, they. Yeah, so what, what was uh, what was is it David Rudiman? David was that that Rudiman, one? Rudiman, yeah, 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 yeah. He he claimed to be the fastest Domino's driver in in the world. I call bullshit. That was me. I'm just gonna <laughs> go ahead and point that out. Um, so yeah, there you go. So you have the thrill from Mooresville, Nick Hoffman winning in the modified at Volusia at the Rudiman Memorial. All right, Coach Krause. I'm going um, Joseph Joyner, Hunt Front Race. Joseph Joyner is going to win at Duck River. On, uh, I believe that race is on Saturday, so he's going to get the win at Duck River. Okay. No, that's going to be Tanner English, but thanks for playing. All right. <laughs> All right, so Joseph Joyner going to win. All right, so we're, we're picking quite a few. We mentioned the late model races that we're picking here this weekend. There's quite a few of them. So out of all the late model shows that we are picking on, right, there might be more than that, but out of the ones that we picked, there's going to be at least three different brands of chassis parking it in Victory Lane. It's not going to be just Longhorn Rocket. Somebody else is going to slide in there with something else there's going to be at least three different brands of chassis that win uh, late model races than the ones that we're picking. Okay. Uh, my last one, uh, I hope I'm wrong with this one, uh, but uh, my bold prediction is that the racetrack in Luxembourg, Wisconsin, will sit idle in 2024. See, this is why we get a bad rap, right? We're called troublemakers. <laughs> We're negative all the time. This is a complete bunch of bullshit. Kraus, Bert's giving us a freaking bad name, right? <laughs> all right, Luxembourg going to go idle, not not going to find a promoter. Man, I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, well, like Kraus, I said, I, I, I hope I'm wrong with that one. Right, right. All right, Kraus. We got to give him a break, Ryan. He has to sit and watch the Packers attempt to play football right now, so – he he's Mr. Negative right now. We we know it. We get we get it. So he's got to be Mr. Negative because he's a Packer fan. So my last one, I am going to Chris Madden is going to get quick time, win his heat and feature at Cherokee this weekend. All right. You know what? I'm going to stick with Cherokee. Gaffney, South Carolina. They start at like I don't know eleven in the morning or something over there. They <laughs> they do their day racing deal. 
The late model aiming will be a complete train race lockdown by lap 15. So if that's the case, Cross is going to be right. Because if he time trials wins a heat to be on the pole for the feature, I don't know. I don't know if they do redraw or not. I don't think so. Um, but if he's on the pole, probably pretty good odds that he's going to win. So there you have it. Our three bold predictions and uh, fans out there, if you ever want to get, you know, get in, a, get in on the fun, shoot us over a message on, on Facebook, me or birds, a private message or, or Kraus, And uh, we can get you uh, some, some predictions on here as well. But uh you know, with that said, always fun talking racing. Congratulations to all the champions again that were represented this weekend at the Wasota Annual Banquet. Congratulations to Tom Wagaman on being the newest board member for Wasota. And uh, best wishes. Speedy, and hopefully his health is in good order. Rod Lindquist, I know we give the guy a lot of shit. And I know he's not a big Ryan Aho fan because I pick on Billy and he don't like Billy. But Rod, we still love you. You know, we still love you. It's all good. We, we only wish you the best. So with that said, uh, as always, support all of our sponsors. Um, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm Ryan Aho. That's Bert Lehman. That's Coach Krause. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show.